Well, now it's quiet. Friday, September 24th, 2021. I'm Steve Sirsky. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining in. And yeah, it is now quiet in my apartment and around the compound. Uh, it is a bit rainy. It's been raining all day. Uh, maybe it's still drizzling a little bit, but that wasn't the big cause of the noise. It was the drilling. And I think I've mentioned this before on my podcast that the it seems that every construction site here, any housework, any sort of uh, construction effort in China needs a drill. Not just, and usually it's one drill, but today there's two or three drills going. And I'm not sure if it's the same project because on the doors outside, there's two posters that's, that say that this apartment and that apartment are under construction or under uh, renovation work. So I, I don't know what they're drilling. Uh, now, what that's what I hear. Do they have other tools up there? Like, does anyone use a saw here or hammer? I've never heard hammering. I've never heard or seen anyone hammer. The only time I've seen someone hammer something is with the rubber mallets that they use to bang in the uh, uh, the bricks into place on the sidewalk. So they uh, have the sand and they're packing it down, right? So that's what. That's the only time I've seen someone use a hammer. Other than that, it's drills. It's all drills. Always electric drills making lots of noise. Um, the only reason I really sort of noticed today was actually because tomorrow I'm going to be recording another episode of my podcast. And although it, the sound would only affect my end, it won't affect the other end. I just wonder how distracting it'll be. And hopefully, maybe by the late afternoon, uh, the sound will be over. And that's when we're uh, targeting the recording. A productive day. Otherwise, I uh, got through a bit of... Uh, Chinese studies today got through most of chapter 10 in my HSK 5 level. Reading is getting easier, which is uh, good to see. And it's a, it's a good feeling to be able to progress uh, rather quickly through a text. Uh, but my actually, I was thinking about my pronunciation uh, and I came across some old recordings I made. And I think these are from when I was doing the HSK 3 textbook. Uh, so that was... I mean, that's the orange book, I think. Yeah, it's the orange book. And that would have been three years ago already, I think, roughly. Three or four years ago. Uh, and But these ones, like, I never meant to publish them. Like, they were more meant for my own reference. And I can say that, yeah, they're cringeworthy. They make me cringe in just how terrible the uh, the pronunciation is time at, at times. I do wonder if like my pronunciation my pronunciation has at all really improved. I've had people I have there are two different types of pronunciations. There's a pronunciation I use with people who know English and there's a pronunciation I use with like like actual Chinese people. If I were to meet someone in the country or something, I'd probably pronounce things a little bit differently like with a bit more of a uh, an accent, but with uh, people who know English, I mean, I, I don't try to lay on the accent so much, so it comes across as being a little bit more uh, foreigner rather than natural, I guess you would say. But if I were to uh, uh, go to some other places, um, like if it's a shop or a store outside of Beijing where maybe they're not so familiar with foreign accents, I'd probably be a little bit more. Um, I'd put a little bit more effort in making sure I got everything a little bit more correctly. But even out there, I've noticed that when I speak uh, Mandarin Chinese, they do say that I do I speak very proper. So it's like more textbook 
uh, spoken uh, textbook Chinese rather than it, uh, than it being spoken Chinese. And the, the big difference, like if you ever come to Beijing, uh, the, 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 the notable one is the R that the, they put onto the end of the word. So San Latun is San Latour, uh, which is just how Beijing and a lot of the north east part of China pronounces their words. And then if you move further south, there the famous con, uh, confusion is between se and she. So the number four, se, and number ten, she, are often pronounced the same. So se, 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 se. So in standard Beijing uh, dialect, it'd be se, she, se, 44. But down there, it'd be a se, se, se. And it just, you have to know what they're referring to in order to get it and be familiar with um, their intonation uh, in order to uh, to get it correctly. But yeah, so I I don't know if I can publish these. Oh, they're terrible. I'm listening to a few. I'm like, oh my, that's just brutal, brutal. And I remember I did practice before recording them. So and I do kind of wonder how much it's improved. Maybe maybe next week we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, hitting the wall with Python. I, maybe it's, maybe I'm taking in too many carbs for breakfast. Uh, I did, I started eating Pop-Tarts. Terrible idea, I know, but they're, I don't know, they were on sale, so I got a box, or at least they're available, I should say, and we don't, we don't get them very often here, so I bought, uh, another couple boxes. Um, or maybe it's a change of weather that's sort of affecting me somehow, because this happens at the beginning of summer, too, when the humidity spikes. Uh, now that the humidity... That's seventy percent in my apartment, so yeah, it's a little bit humid because it's raining. But uh, maybe that's it, or maybe I'm just trying to blitz through Python too quickly, and my brain is saying no, cannot do this <laughs> that quickly. Um, but today I managed to get through the rest of day nine, all of day ten, and then I started day eleven. So day nine was nesting dictionaries, and I created a secret auction program. Uh, and that involved a lot of like adding different keys and values to those dictionaries. Uh, then also on day 10, it was a lot about uh, what would you, like creating functions that can produce an output and that can also accept input from like, within another function, I think it was, or another, uh, I, oh, let's see, I've already forgotten what it was. But then at the end, she very briefly mentioned recursion. So... And this is something that's kind of neat that we should take for granted in a lot of our programs. So on day 10, it was a calculator that we built. But the idea was, so normally when you run a program, uh, well, normally is different than, like when you first code a program, it goes through it once and then it ends, right? But normally, you don't want your program to just end. You want it to end only when you say, yes, I don't want to continue anymore, right? Uh, so that was... One way to do that is you put your while loop at the at the beginning of all the code, basically, uh, or at least closer to the top, and you provide a statement as long as it remains true uh, throughout and it doesn't get changed by user input, then the program keeps on repeating. As soon as the you sort of if if you give the user an option to end the program, then the while loop is exited and the program ends. That's the idea. So with recursion. This goes back to referring to a function that returns nothing and accepts nothing. So it just basically calls itself, um, which is a very, it sounds very odd that it would do it, but all it is, so the idea with this calculator was that 
in this while loop, and then you get into the if statement, if this is this, the user says yes or no. If they say they don't wanna quit, then you go back to the top of the, the program. And that's where you get the recursion element is that you call the function, it clears the, the what, what, what's been used before, like a blank slate basically, and just starts the program again without actually starting the program again, like recompiling it or anything like that. So uh, that, and it's something I can feel myself starting to grasp at straws here, uh, even trying to explain it. It's probably not the best explanation out there, but uh, it, it is very important. I've seen other articles about recursion before uh, in computer science and in computer programming. And they're saying that a lot of computer science degrees uh, have moved away from teaching it at such an early uh, early stage, like early university. Uh, I guess because it was the move away from C++ or the move away from C. I can't remember which one. Maybe it was away from C++. That they, uh, it, and like with the introduction of other programming languages where you don't need to do that, uh, it just seemed that there was more of an effort to make like uh, computer languages and computer program programming a little bit more uh, student friendly, beginner friendly, user friendly, rather than um, I guess professional friendly. I'm not sure how to put that, but yeah, I've seen this word pop pop up before. Apparently, it's a big issue. Um, I I can feel myself getting starting to think. I'm like, why? First of all, why do I need to know this? Second of all, this is going a little bit farther up ahead, up above my head sort of thing, over my head. Uh, but in an effort to stymie the confusion, I have started watching Silicon Valley. <laughs> uh, and the reason I did is because uh, the, uh, the lady who's uh, conducting the course, Angela, Angela Yu, uh, she mentions that this program, this, this TV show, apparently it ran for a couple of years, 2014 to 2019. It's kind of funny. You know, it's interesting. Um, I'm on episode like on season one, and that's six, seven years ago already. It's amazing how dated it's become already. So like you got to kind of think back to what life was like with the internet back then, in the middle of like 2014. If they're shooting this 2013, 2014 sort of thing, like why? When did Shazam come out and be a big thing where you could recognize? a song just by a few bars and stuff like that. Cause I know YouTube implemented their uh, copyright abilities. It was only a few years ago where they would start flagging songs that or uh, videos that had even a snippet of someone else's song in it that hadn't been cleared. I've had tracks that I made in GarageBand flagged and I had to write to them and, and point out the, the blurb on the Apple website that says these are royalty free. These are uh, uh, you can use them. They're non-exclusive, so go ahead use them for whatever you want. And YouTube still flagged it because some schmimy kid or whatever uh, decided to make a track using those loops and then published it and then basically claimed ownership of it once like basic as soon as GarageBand was lose, uh, released basically <clears throat> which is a clever idea and if you're not paying attention this can sort of screw you but uh as long as you understand that the GarageBand loops those are open source like free free for you to use you do not have to pay for them you pay for them by buying an Apple product um so if you ever wonder why Apple products are so much more expensive it's because they come with a lot of stuff built in basically 
Uh, so yeah, that was uh, today, and uh, I guess tomorrow I got. I'm doing some prep work for uh, the podcast tomorrow, and I'll I'll probably get some Chinese done. Maybe one or two hours of Python as well. Uh, but yeah, the recording is going to take place tomorrow afternoon, so that'll be uh, good to have up and good to have out. Uh, you'll probably see me start tweeting about it. Uh, the Steven Sersky is my Twitter handle right now. There is another account, but that one's sort of lying dormant at the moment. Uh, but you can out to Twitter. I'll start to uh, publicize that a little bit later. So, all right, guys, it's Friday. We made it there. I hope you guys are doing well. I mean, I'm basically oh, yeah. It's the end of my first week of vacation, so I got three more weeks of vacation to go. Oh, which brings me to my, my last point. I was looking at tickets to Chengdu today, uh, which is where all the pandas are. Uh, and the brief thought, like you can fly there 800 quai, so it's $140, $130, $160 both ways. Uh, or you can take the train <laughs> for $50. Takes 28 hours <laughs> from Beijing West down to Chengdu Station. Uh, yeah, I, and but you can depart at like 11 a.m. So that does, that's not so bad. And then you arrive uh, on like 3 p.m. the next day. I think there's another one, though. You can depart at 9 or 7 in the morning. like Still quite early. But then you arrive early, like mid-morning the next day. So you only have to sleep once. Like uh, you, you, don't, you can spend a lot of your day awake and doing other things rather than... Um, trying to av- avoid people snoring uh, during the night so it's uh i don't know we'll see I- i'm not sure if i'm that committed to this trip just yet but we'll find out we'll see there are still tickets available uh which is good to see uh but with the flights there's also uh flights still available uh and we wouldn't be leaving until probably october 5th and then coming back a l- couple weeks after that anyway hope you guys are well have a great weekend and uh yeah look out for that new podcast episode coming out within the next week or so Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.